This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia. Got plenty of transfer portal notes to touch on, recruiting notes to pass along. Going to touch on Josh Gaddis, etc. in this podcast, kind of what we're hearing there. Um, But before we jump into this quick hitter episode, let's have some quick words from our sponsors. Attention business owners, I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W-2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS set you for Through the Smoke. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561-573-4661. And here's the beauty. When you refer someone to Star, he will donate $250 to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text STAR today at 561-573-4661. All right, we are back. Gabby, let's start here. So since we recorded our last podcast, Miami, we kind of hinted pretty strongly that this was coming but Miami added a transfer portal defensive lineman in Purdue's Branson Dean, uh, 6'2", 280, interior defensive lineman. Plenty of production the past two years uh, at Purdue. One thing that stood out to me about uh, 
that production is um, the quarterback pressures, the way he affects the quarterback from the interior. And he's done it at the power five level, which is going to translate to Miami going from the big 10 to the ACC. Uh, But I went and looked. So over the last two years, he's generated 62 quarterback pressures, which is quite a big number from the interior. Um, In the past two years, only two or sorry, only four interior defensive linemen guys that only play on the interior have generated more pressures at the power five level. That's Dukes, Dwayne Carter, Pitts, Kalijah Cansey, Illinois, Jerzon Newton, Johnny Newton, and George's Jalen Carter. So uh, he's not necessarily, I don't think, a splashy addition because maybe his counting stats aren't impressive, uh, but he does have a presence on the field um, that affects the quarterback, which is priority number one for any defensive lineman. Yeah, no, I think I think that this is a, a really good addition. And I think what's interesting about just even how he's kind of gotten better in 2021 in 554 snaps, 28 pressures. He got 34 pressures in 2022 on 492 snaps. So I feel like he's even gotten like he's become more efficient and more disruptive in, a, you know, I guess a, a slightly smaller, uh, you know, sample size. Um, you know, in 2022 than 2021. So I think he, he's kind of trending in the right direction too. And obviously we know Miami likes to rotate those defensive linemen. So I, I think when Branson Dean is on the field for Miami, I think you can count on him being a, a disruptor in, on, you know, on you know, those passing downs or just in those situations where Miami's kind of trying to get after. I love this pickup for the Hurricanes. And, you know, they brought in a couple defensive, interior defensive linemen. I know Branson Dean is is one of the ones they felt like they needed to have. And I think locking him up was kind of a, kind of like, a, you know, fist bump moment for some of those guys in Coral Gables. Again, maybe didn't make all those splashy headlines. And, you know, I I don't, you know, he, he does, his name isn't on the transport rankings sheet quite yet, at least not from what I've seen, David, as of, you know, here on Thursday morning-ish. Um, but you know, I think that this is a really high quality addition and I think he's someone that's definitely going to help, uh, Miami on Saturdays this coming fall. Yeah. And obviously Miami lost, uh, Daryl Jackson to Florida state in the portal, uh, earlier this off season. Um, and, and while I don't think Miami's upgraded him specifically, I do think they've done a nice job of addressing the depth. I think the overall depth of the interior is going to be better with Branson Dean, uh, and Thomas Gore. Um, so I do feel good about the way they're building out the interior defensive line year over year. Um, in addition to the guys that are coming back, uh, let's go now to guys that are planning to take official visits, a couple of pass catchers, um, planning transfers, planning to spend time in Coral Gables this weekend. Let's start at the position that everyone is now curious about focused on in terms of portal targets let's start at the wide receiver position who's visiting gabby and tell us about him money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it a couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation and pride financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. 
Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Yeah, Miami's going to get an official visit from Gary Bryant Jr. He's a USC transfer uh, played in just three games this past fall before making the decision to sit out the rest of the year uh, to preserve that red shirt and kind of keep that year of eligibility. Uh, Lincoln Riley obviously came in before the season, brought in a plethora of receivers alongside with him, Mario Williams, Brennan Rice, Jordan Addison, amongst those guys. But, you know, in 2021, when he did get the chance to be on the field, he was, you know, productive for the Trojans, 44 catches, five for 579 yards. And seven touchdowns. He's a five foot ten, hundred and eighty-ish pounds, four four six verified speed. So this is a guy that can definitely, I think, I think can get it done on the outside. You know, isn't that big, yeah. big type of body? But you know, I don't think he, there's a, a requirement to be, you know, six foot two, two hundred and ten pounds to be an outside receiver. Uh, this guy's got burner ability. He, I think, he showed the ability to create separation in the Pac-12, make some contested catches and you know, come down with some balls during that season that I believe he played with Keaton Slovis, um, you know, who eventually, you know, who ended up transferring to to Pitt and, you know, all that type of stuff. So um, I, I think that, you know, just currently right now, just based on conversations I had here on Thursday morning, uh, Miami is going to be the first visit. Uh, like most transfers who would be getting here for the spring, Gary Bryant, uh, he's actually going to be a summer enrollee just because he's extremely close to finishing up classes at USC. So, it's just easier for him academically to finish out the, you know, the spring, you know, out in, out in Los Angeles. Uh, currently, the plan is for him to take, you know, five of those official visits. But, you know, the vibe that I'm kind of getting here on Thursday is that Miami feels really, really good about where they're at and the way that that those that relationship has progressed. And, you know, the, with the way that opportunity kind of fits, you know, a need and all that, the, all those different types of things. So I think the hope is that Miami could potentially shut it down. After this weekend, pit, you know, uh, you know, bring in Gary Bryant, get him to maybe sign some non-binding financial aid paperwork and all that stuff. Again, he could still go out, go through the process. But, you know, Mario Cristobal spent a lot of time at Oregon out west. I think he's very familiar with Gary Bryant, maybe potentially recruited him coming out of high school. I would probably have to double check that. But he, uh, it's, he visited okay. there. OK, so, you know, I think there's a long you know, there's a relationship that kind of goes back here. Uh, and I do think that uh, Miami has some some serious momentum there. So not saying Miami's wide receiver situation is completely solved or will be solved. But I think that, you know, there there is a good feeling in Coral Gables going into that visit, which will begin here on Friday night. Yeah, he's a like you mentioned, 5'11", outside wide receiver. He can't play some of the slot, but most of his time at USC, about 70-30 split has been on the outside. Um Kind of like a KJ Osborne type of outside receiver. Um, KJ is more of a thicker build than Gary, but uh, Gary might be slightly, slightly faster. Um, so uh, I think it'd be a nice addition. I think, you know, 
unless Miami goes out and adds other guys, I think he would be wide receiver one at Miami. Um, if this is what the uh, talent acquisition at wide receiver looks like uh, in 2023. So an important visit. How about a, the other official visitor in terms of transfers planning to be in Coral Gables this weekend? Yeah, this is a, you know, an interesting one for, I think, you know, obvious reasons. Uh, the other, the other expected transfer official visitor is Cam McCormick. Um, if he, I don't know, he, he's kind of made national headlines, you know, pretty recently just because he is going to be entering his eighth year in college. And yes, you heard that correctly. His eighth year at, you know, at the college level, he has spent all his time uh, at the university of Oregon, a class of 2020 of 2016. So the same signing class as Justin Herbert, which is kind of wild to, to kind of hear, but that's the situation that we're in here. Uh, he suffered multiple like season ending injuries and all those different types of things, but made his way back onto the field in 2022 for the ducks uh, started six games played in 13 uh, caught 10 passes for 69 yards, three touchdowns uh, where I think he's maybe going to help out Miami most is just kind of like as a, you know, as kind of like a blocker outside of the tackles, a 71.4 pass blocking grade, a 66.6 run blocking grade. He's also a veteran, you know, potential veteran presence, you know, in the room that's that's kind of young. Um, you know, Dominic Mamorelli, I think, might be the oldest guy in the room. And then it's Elijah Royo, David, who we know is coming off of a, you know, major knee surgery. Uh, you know, that could take some time for him to kind of get back on the field. And then Miami gets pretty young with Jaleel Skinner, Khalil Brantley. And then, uh, you know, the two freshmen coming in and Riley Williams and Jackson Carver. So I think uh, potentially adding a uh, an older guy, and a, a much, much older guy at that, uh, that has, you know, played a lot of college football that understands what Mario Cristobal wants to do. And again, has kind of been healthy and has kind of hopefully overcome some of those, those, uh, you know, those obstacles that he's faced over the course of his career, I think could be beneficial from the pro for the program in terms of a leadership standpoint. And in, t in terms of just having another adult in the room who kind of understands, you know, has that business like mindset. And again, I think it's about, you know, setting the culture of the program to, and I think McCormick is someone who could potentially add to that. Yep. I think he's, you know, he's a role player that brings that physicality on the line of scrimmage as a blocker, which I think Miami needs at tight end, uh, quite frankly. So, you know, he's a guy that would enter the games in short yardage situations inside the red zone, et cetera, and uh, make an impact there as Miami looks to improve the physicality. Um, Gabby, from here, I'd like to just quick, I mean, it doesn't need to be long-winded, but just quick, let's review kind of where things are maybe with some other transfer targets, guys that might have visited, guys that Miami kicked the tires on, et cetera, et cetera. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at 
Torres Lionel one, the number one at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises, your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. Let's start at outside receiver, Syracuse's Damian Alford. Uh, he entered the portal, you know, life comes at you fast in the portal. He withdrew it less than, what, 24 hours after officially entering it. Appears to be going back to Syracuse. Do you have anything to add there? Um, yeah, it was a weird situation. I think him withdrawing from the portal kind of caught a lot of people at Miami by surprise. Um, he's a, he's a, what do you call it? He's a South. I mean, he's originally from Canada, played at uh, Hollywood MacArthur here in South Florida. I think Miami thought that they were going to be able to kind of, you know, figure all that stuff out. It didn't. He's going back to Syracuse and, um, you know, that's kind of all she wrote there. Is there uh, any other wide receiver targets that you could see Miami maybe kicking the tires on, or is this going to be it with Gary Bryant right now? I think best, I mean, best, I mean, most likely scenario is, is Gary Bryant's kind of their guy. I think if there's another name that kind of like, you know, they decide to, you know, make a move on, I think Eddie Lewis at Memphis might be the best candidate. Uh, He was like a second team all conference returner at Memphis. Uh, He also went for over 600 yards and I I believe he caught seven touchdowns, Um, you know, this past fall too, but I, I don't know that that's like a direction they're like death, like dead set on going. Right. I think that could obviously change, but right now uh, I think Gary Bryan is kind of the guy that they've circled. How about Iowa corner, Terry Roberts, Roberts, who did take an official visit and anything new there? Yeah, uh, nothing really new. Uh, what the, mo- the most recent I heard, which is that sometime Wednesday, maybe early afternoon was that, you know, I think they were just kind of maybe hitting the pause button or just slowing things down there. Uh, not exactly sure the reason or or what the situation is there. Roberts told me Alabama, UCLA, Michigan State were a couple other schools he was considering. So not exactly sure if Miami's kind of pivoted back or is just kind of taking their hands off for whatever reason. I think he's someone that could definitely help them. But uh, you know, right now I don't. I'm not sure if Terry Roberts and Miami if that's going to go through here. How about Isaiah Nichols, the Arkansas defensive tackle who also visited, right? Yeah, I think adding Branson Dean maybe threw a little monkey wrench into the Isaiah Nichols deal. I think they're two kind of different uh, defensive tackles, but, but, you know, I don't know if Miami wanted to, you know, secure a third when I think that they feel like maybe they can get a third either post-spring or see if they like another option more. Um, but right now, I, I I foresee them, you know, kind of with them adding Branson Dean, not necessarily going the route of also taking Isaiah Nichols. And then we mentioned on Monday's podcast uh, to keep an eye on Jordan Birch, the talented yeah. former five-star recruit uh, transfer from South Carolina. He officially committed to Oregon right on Wednesday. Uh, um, anything to add there? Yeah, no, I mean, he committed to Oregon. Um, you know, I think that that was one that Miami was trying to get in on. I think they're kind of clawing their way through that, but it seemed like Oregon was maybe the place he was destined to go from the moment he hit the portal. I think Miami tried to kind of make a run, see if they can maybe make things happen, but it sound, it looks like Bert, Birch, you know, spent some time in Eugene and decided to shut it down. Um, I think a name that Miami was potentially flirting with a little bit, uh, Missouri, I should have looked up his name before I went on that rant, but he was a Missouri defensive end, edge setter, last name Cohen. Uh, for the life of me, I mean, I have to look up his name super fast, but I think that was another maybe edge rusher that Miami was kind of flirting with, but I'm not sure they're going to go that route anymore. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Cormani McLean. We haven't discussed him recently. I don't know if there's anything necessarily like crazy new to add here, but uh, 
what are the vibes, I guess, is the best way to put it, with Cormani, who supposedly is going to announce next week. That could all change because, I don't know, nothing's official till signing day, which is February with Cormani. But what's what's just the latest vibes there? Yeah, um, I still, I mean, I think it's really, I, I think Miami and Alabama are really the two schools in here. That's what, that's just what it seems like from, you know, everyone that I'm kind of talking to. I don't think the Colorado stuff is super, I'm not saying it's not legitimate, but I, I again, I think from the full, from the the onset of this, David, I think that me and you, we both kind of maintained it's it's Alabama who poses the biggest threat to Miami. Um, you know, I, I could honestly see this one going either way at this point, and I know that's kind of like a cop-out answer. But, you know, I, he has kind of told people at Miami the the right things in terms of, you know, when, when we were talking to him, me and Andrew Ivins were talking to him at the Under Armour All-American game. He told both of us, yeah, he told Demarcus Van Dyke he has nothing to worry about. Um, but at the same time, I do think that, you know, this is a situation where, you know, it, it just rarely works out for the team that holds the commitment when it kind of gets into this type of situation. Not saying it can't work out. But I do think he's still strongly considering Alabama. I mean, he has a really, really close relationship with Demarcus Van Dyke, uh, who's obviously a defensive analyst. I think there is a, a limitation on what Demarcus Van Dyke can do as an analyst. And uh, I think the idea that Cormani McLean may not be being coached directly by Van Dyke, you know, has maybe some sort of thing here because again, th- that that's his primary recruiter. That's who Miami, you know, figured out a way to get to Lakeland to watch him at his school, you know, in, in, during those coaching visit seasons. Um, you know, so the Van Dyke, Cormani McLean situation is obviously very tight knit. Um, but again, Demarcus Van Dyke at the end of the day is, is not going to be the one who's going to be coaching him again. I don't know how much of a factor that really is, but I think that's something to kind of consider. Uh, and then Alabama is obviously, you know, for, for, for many reasons, uh, a, a legitimate option for him because it's Alabama and that's school. He's kind of looked at his entire recruiting process. I think it's still too soon to call. And I also think yeah. it's worth mentioning that on the 15th, whatever it is that he does, it's non-binding because he cannot sign a national right. letter of intent on the 15th. Maybe he can sign some financial aid paperwork or he can, you know, put his signature on a piece of paper and call it signing. I don't know exactly what his plan is for January 15th, but whatever it is, it will not bind him to Miami. It will not bind him to Alabama or it will not bind him to any other school that he so, you know, chooses or announces. I mean, this still would have to go into the first Wednesday in February, which I believe is what February 1st, right? Is that the, yes, is that the national so. signing day? Yep. Um, so, you know, I, there's still, you know, thing, there's still a lot of things that can kind of happen here. So I just think this is one you kind of just got to strap You got to strap your seatbelt in and uh, kind of just take your hands off of it and see where this, where this ride kind of takes you. Because as we've seen, this can go one of many different ways. Yeah. And, there's still a lot of different things that can happen. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns. I think whatever happens next week, if, if he does do anything next week, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, that's still the plan as far as we know, but I I think there's a lot of twists and turns. And I agree. Like, I, I think it's Miami, Alabama right now, not saying Colorado can't get in there in some way. Um, but it seems like Miami and Alabama. And I will say again, I'm not predicting anything like he's going to go to Alabama, but there does seem to be, from my sense, uh, there does seem to be some feelings that, yeah, Alabama might be able to pull this off. So we'll see. Um, let's touch on Jaden Rashada, just because he's a hot topic. All I really care about, Gabby, is 
do you think there's any chance Miami circles around on him if he's released from his letter of intent from Florida? I don't think so, David. I think that that ship kind of sailed. Um, I don't think that that's something that Miami would be necessarily, you know, super thrilled about kind of getting their, you know, getting back involved in. Uh, They had him on board, you know, they were kind of cool with him being in. And then, you know, the way that it all kind of went down. Um, I I don't see Miami touching this situation. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure who is or what exactly is going on there. It sounds like there's refuting reports here, whether he's trying to get out of his, his letter of intent and then dad kind of saying, you know, we're still just working on things. Who knows where the chips kind of fall here. But if Jaden Rashada is, you know, let out of his letter of intent, um, I, I, I don't personally, at least not as of right now, expect Miami to be involved. That's the sense I get as well. Um, and before we get out of here, I want to just touch on Josh Gaddis. You know, look, I understand the frustration in terms of why hasn't a decision been made, et cetera, et cetera. I've kind of maintained this whole time that I would be surprised if a move is not made at offensive coordinator this offseason. Still feel that way. So, you know, I understand it's not an ideal way to operate, but you just got to be patient and let this process play out. Uh, but I do I do feel pretty good about Miami making a move at offensive coordinator. One interesting thing that just popped up, Gabby, as we record this, which I don't know if it's necessarily related or not, but Mississippi State is expected to hire Appalachian State's current offensive coordinator. Um, so does that potentially mean if Frank Ponce has an opening to go back to Appalachian State, would he do that? So uh, not that he's related to Josh Gat. I mean, he's he's tied to him in some way just because of the weird structure of having right. a wide receivers coach as your OC. Yeah. Um, but and then it's a quarterback's coach who's not your OC. Yeah. It's just an interesting uh, dynamic in terms of coaching turnover that could potentially happen at Miami. So uh, we will wrap it up there. Um, We'll see if news breaks, we'll have an instant reaction podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Appreciate everyone listening. This quick hitter pod till next time. Take care. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale. Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.